Back in February of this year, we invited you, our wonderful, enthusiastic community, to be part of the Plan Strong Test Kitchen and provide us with feedback around our all-new burger mixes. And I got to tell you, the feedback and support that you guys showed us blew us away, and we have been hard at work in the kitchen, and we now have our first program graduates, three delicious skillet burger mixes. We're going to be launching them into the universe so you can stock up ahead of Memorial Day weekend. You can check them out at planstrong.com. The three flavors are black bean, portobello mushroom, and our all-new sweet curry. Once mixed with six to seven ounces of water or broth, the dough may be pan-fried, air-fried, or baked to a crispy, aromatic, rich golden brown. These mixes, they take the hard work out of making healthy burgers at home and yield quality, quality results. They're whole grain, oil-free, a great source of protein and fiber, and they're made from a combination of ground oats, beans, seeds, and spices without any of the added sugar or excessive salt. I want to thank all of you for being such an important part of the Plant Strong Test Kitchen, and I know that you're going to love these as much as I do. Thanks so much. He's back. One of my favorites from season one, Dr. Michael Clapper, returns to the Plant Strong podcast with a discussion that happens fresh from his presentation at one of our recent Plant Strong immersions. His talk on why every bite matters was so compelling that I just had to dig in a little deeper and share it all with you. If you haven't listened to our interview from season one on his thoughts on the paleo diet, you're bargaining with the devil. I highly recommend it, and you can find it with the link in our show notes here. But now, back to today's knockout conversation. Dr. Clapper is the nutritional Gandalf. He is also the nutritional Paul Revere. He is on a quest to not just spread the word to all of us, but also to expose and awaken tomorrow's young physicians to the power of a plant-based healing revolutionary diet. People, yes, including physicians, are absolutely afraid to make changes. Even as adults, we're afraid of what people might think or say. Dr. Clapper addresses these fears head on and asks his audience to let go of their sacred cows and get off their butts. For example, but it's too hard, but it's too expensive, but it just doesn't taste good. And all of those excuses that have held people back for years and years. Every bite matters. Life is made up of small changes and the food that we eat every day changes us from the inside out. Why not eat the cleanest fuel possible for your metabolic engine? Here's Dr. Michael Clapper to expand on the how and most importantly, the why. All right, I am here in Sedona. I'm here with Dr. Clapper. We have just finished up another immersion program. And once again, it's been pretty magical. It's been pretty magical. It's wonderful. 
Yeah. And I, and again, I want to thank you for being a part of this team and um, just helping create uh, an experience that these people will, will never forget and hopefully take with them right for the for the mm-hmm. rest of their lives. Yes. And as one of the, one of the the women said on on the first night, she's like, you know, it's going to be as far as her embracing this lifestyle, it's going to be either one day or today's going to be day one, right? And so she's Very like, good. this is going to be day one. But that's just, you yeah. know, it's, it's amazing. I find it's amazing to me how much we, as I think, um, as teachers, uh-huh. how much we get from the students. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, probably better than anyone, know that. You've been doing this now for how long? Oh, a few days. A few uh, days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a good 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think that... Uh, everybody on this team, and I know a lot of people outside this team, consider you a, a national treasure. Oh, yeah, well. no, tr- truly. And um, you know, you you have a heart of a hero, oh. and the, and I think that the um, you know the journey that you've been on and and where you are now, as far as now your mission is really to get this message out to to medical students. Correct? The new generation of doctors coming up. We may have to have nutritionally aware physicians. Uh, we can't keep practicing medicine like what our patients are eating has no effect on these diseases. What, that, what, what they're eating is why they're sitting in front of us with all these illnesses. So sure, I, I'm devoting my time going to the medical schools and being a nutritional Paul Revere and trying to wake up the, the troops there saying it's the food. You <laughs> start with that before you get into yeah. uh, $1,000 lab tests. Ask them what they ate yesterday, and everything opens up from there. Well, so, right, it's the food. And one of the things you love saying is it's the food, it's the food, it's, it's the, the food. It's the food, yeah. Um, and so that leads me to one of the, the, I mean, there's so many things that you do over the course of this week with these Engine 2 immersions whether it's being a lecturer, whether it is, you know, doing your Galileo story at talent show night, whether it's telling blood curdling tales <laughs> around the campfire, whether it's giving us a, uh, a lesson on the stars and, you know, the, the planets that is just mesmerizing. So you, you bring such an amazing depth of spirit. But one of the things, one of your lectures was why every bite matters. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I want to focus the next 25 minutes on. Sure. Let me just start by saying, you know, you start this lecture by saying, you know, people, we have to kind of, we got to get rid of our sacred cows. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and can you go talk about that for a sec? Oh, sure. <laughs> There's few things more primordial than people's taste preferences. Uh, they get ingrained in us so early. Our mother literally fed us with that loving look on her face as she spooned the, the whatever <laughs> into our mouths uh, that we associate that food with the love of our mother and with who we are, and our position in family, our position in society. Uh, the, that term comfort food contains a whole lot of emotional charm to it. And it's one of the major, I call it an obstacle, one of the major forces we have to take into account uh, when we're trying to get people to change what they're eating and start eating healthier. And uh, those kind of folks, and I was one of them uh, years ago, uh, we carry a whole herd of sacred cows in our head that uh, uh, I like these foods. My doctor didn't tell me that they weren't a good thing to eat. I grew up eating these foods. Whole Foods sells these foods. Right. <laughs> um, how can you say these are bad? And, or at least that these aren't helping me. 
And these are just some of the things we need to confront. And, and just by putting up that slide and going down the list, people laugh, but then there's that little ring of truth. And yeah, I do believe that. And it, it makes them uh, have a look at their sacred cows, name them, uh, and uh, take uh, let them out to pasture, hopefully. Yeah, and we all have our sacred cows, oh, every sure. one of them. Every one of them. Um, and then you follow that up immediately by saying, I want you to get off your butts. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the butts that people are having a hard time getting off of? Uh, oh, yeah. that. Um, uh, but uh, the, these foods taste good, basically. Yeah, but uh, they're cheap to, uh, to purchase, uh, but they're convenient, but they don't seem to be hurting me. But, 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 uh, everything to, you know, to dig the claws in and hold on to that, into those sinking raft. But whole food sells these but foods. But whole food sells these <laughs> foods, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the list is, is never ending. So I, I love how straightforward you are with people and you kind of tell them like how it is in, in a very straightforward manner that I think people appreciate. And, um, you know, one of the things you, you say, and I love the way you say it, is that you don't owe anything to anybody. Can I hear you say that and then oh, explain sure. it? Sure. <laughs> the... My job in, in that talk is to liberate people from these sacred cow beliefs. And uh, when you really get down in, into the crevices of what people hold on to and why they're afraid to make a change in, in something as important as their diet, um, a lot of it has to do they're afraid with uh, what, what their friends are going to say about them, the, the, the ribbing they're going to take at the, at the dinner table or at the restaurant. Oh, are you eating that rabbit food? And... Uh, and, uh, oh, where are you going to get your protein? You know, all the old uh, cliches get trotted out. But uh, especially for a person who's just making this transition, those are formidable, and it's a scary thing. And so I want to help people just break that down, because what is it? You know, I tell them, you know, heaven forbid you, you get a heart attack or a stroke. It's only you in that hospital bed. It's not the people at work. It's not your daughter-in-law. It's not the people you go out to dinner with. It's you. We're, you're a grown man. You're a grown woman. It doesn't matter what people think at this point. You don't owe anything to anybody. You don't owe any excuses. You don't owe any apologies. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. It's nobody's business what you order for lunch. Uh, make the decision that's best for your body and for the larger body, if you have any concern at all about uh, animals and the planet and children in the future, we can talk about that as it unfolds. Uh, but uh, it's time to free yourself from this uh, paper tiger where people think, oh, what are people going to think? But it's, it's 2019. Uh, it, this is not that revolutionary idea. People know that uh, a lot of folks are trying to eat healthier and that plant-based diets are really a reasonable alternative. And it's, I'm telling it's getting easier and easier. Don't let that fear that you may have had when you were a teenager that my f friends in school are going to laugh at me. Now push past that. You don't owe anything to anybody except your own health you know, and the truth. And it's time to act on that. I love it. I love it. One of the things you talk about in this in this lecture is why, um, or, or I should say, what is the right fuel for your metabolic engine? Mm -hmm, right. And the analogy you give is mm -hmm. the different types of gasoline. Yeah, right. And when I have a, a patient in front of me and they're obese and their arteries are clogged up and their tissues are inflamed uh, and they're just not functioning, they don't have good energy, 
uh, and as a physician, I, what is going on? What is the problem? Well, that body, when they were kids, it wasn't functioning or malfunctioning like this. What, what is happening? And it didn't take long to make the analogy uh, that uh, I grew up on a farm and I watched my uh, uncle put diesel fuel uh, into the tractor engine. And diesel fuel is basically kerosene. It's oilier than gasoline for sure. And it has a whole different combustion qualities and all of that. You don't want to put kerosene, diesel fuel, in a gasoline-burning engine. It's going to clog up the, the, the gas line. You're going to follow spark plugs. And... We and that analogy transfers to the human diet, and we are plant-eating creatures uh, by every level, from our small mouths and short teeth and fingers instead of claws and long intestines for digesting plant fiber. We are clearly plant-eating creatures that came down the simian line of of, of evolution, and. When we feed our body whole plant foods, it hums along like a well-tuned gasoline-burning engine in a sports car. And our, blood, our arteries stay clean, blood pressure stay low, the uh, bowels work. That's the way it's supposed to run on, on the proper fuel. But you put in a bunch of meat and cheese and oil and dairy and, uh, uh, and food that has no fiber, that is high in fat, uh, excessively high in protein. And it's just, a, it's like kerosene in, in, a, in a gasoline burning engine. It's the wrong fuel. And you run that through the bloodstream hour after hour, day after day. And bad changes are going to start happening. The, the pipes to carry the, you know, your gas line, your arteries, are going to start getting inflamed. And as those contaminants, if you will, leaches out into our tissues. The joints get sore, blood pressures go up, insulin resistance happens, and the engine malfunctions, our metabolic engine malfunctions. Now, the beauty of it is, of course, that you switch back to the right fuel, and it's amazing. We have a self-healing mechanism here, and uh, it's just wonderful how the body gets itself back into balance with a whole food plant-based diet, but the automotive analogy is quite apt, I believe. In keeping with why every bite matters, how long do you think it takes to start to start injuring the body when you're actually eating the the, the wrong foods, right. the meat, the dairy, the processed refined foods, the oils? Right. I mean, does that happen immediately? Does it take a couple of weeks, months, years? Mm. I mean, do you have any idea? Yes, absolutely. On some level, all of the above. And uh, so you don't think it's too dodgy an answer. Sure. Uh, I was uh, talking with some physicians uh, about. Uh, uh, they didn't want to get, uh, don't give, give me this vegan thing. Uh, don't tell me that my, all my patients have to be vegan or nothing. Uh, surely if someone has a little bit of meat once a month, that it's not going to really adversely affect their health. And I had to think, well, yeah, that's probably medically true. And I haven't seen any studies showing people that eat a tiny bit of meat once or twice a month have any increased risk. And so I, you know, I had to uh, uh, acknowledge that. But the more I thought about it, you know, it's true that if you have a little piece of meat, lightning doesn't come down from the sky and strike you dead. But also, you can't kid yourself, your body's different for eating that meat. So you, you've summoned up different microbes in your gut, you, um, which are, and as you change your microbiome, that's going to change you. You're going to, the, the fat in the meat is going to make you just a tad more insulin resistant. Uh, if any of this meat leaks out through into, your, into your bloodstream, you may become sensitive to, to collagen protein, etc. and may inch you a little half inch down towards autoimmune diseases. Everything does change us, hence the title of the lecture, Every Bite Matters. It really does. So does it manifest in an 
obvious pathology and, and disease? No, but it's not nothing either. Uh, there are consequences. So, um, you know, we're... We're made up of small changes. Our life is made up of small changes that um, when, when you're setting off on a, uh, on a journey or, or I'm a pilot, when you're flying a, an airplane, just one degree change in your course as the, as the miles go by, you wind up way off course from that one, one initial miscalculation. And the same thing with our diet. Everything does make a difference. Every bite matters. And so, uh, so yes, it changes us whether or not actual disease manifests. Right. And... Um, you know, the Game Changers just came out. Yay. You, you've seen it. Uh -huh. There's that one scene where Dr. Robert Vogel mm -hmm. draws the blood of the three Miami Dolphin yes. um, football players at one time two hours after they've had a plant-based meal and another time after they've had a meat-based meal. And you can see, right? Absolutely. After the blood's been put in a centrifuge that's and then right. spun, um, and then mm -hmm. is it the fat that's at the top? Uh, yes, the fat it winds up in the serum up on top. Right. Yes, right. You can see it. And, and the, after the plant-based, the, uh, the blood stays clear. The stays serum clear. is clear. And after the meat, uh, you got this cloudy triglyceride-laden uh, fat and flowing around your bloodstream there. Right. And you can't tell me that doesn't make a difference. And so, you yeah. talk about in this lecture mm -hmm. how what we're doing is we're basically keeping our blood in that kind of absolutely unhealthy fatty state yeah people have bacon and eggs for breakfast and it takes five hours to clear it out of the bloodstream just in time for lunch and the cheeseburger fat goes through the bloodstream and then it keeps your blood fatty all afternoon just in time uh to visit the colonel and send another wave of fat at dinner and people are keeping their blood fatty all day day after day month after month well how can we be shocked when we wind up obese and clogged up and diabetic and inflamed but it, but explain explain to the listeners so why is it unhealthy why is it bad to have our blood constantly in a, in a state of like being fat like that oh it changes everything the it changes blood viscosity the blood is more viscous it's thicker um the uh this fat coats the red blood cells a tiny little envelope of fat uh, uh, surrounds red blood cells and they start sticking to each other and the red cell mass as they call it uh, gets more uh, viscous and it's like they're uh, pushing molasses through a soda straw when it comes to uh, forcing this blood through your capillary beds and your brain and your heart and your kidneys. You want that blood free-flowing, and it flows more slowly because of all the fat in the blood. Uh, and that uh, uh, interferes with oxygen delivery uh, to your tissues. The, the slow-moving blood as it enters the capillary beds, uh, the initial heart cells or whatever, they have a long time to extract oxygen out of those red cells. But by the time that poor, slow-moving red cell gets down to the end of the capillary bed in your brain or your heart, there's no oxygen left to give to those cells downstream, and uh, and those cells get injured. It's a you know it's a subtle in injury, but repeated over and over and over again, uh, disease soon starts to uh, manifest. Uh, but then the, the fat in the blood injures the arteries directly. Um, saturated fats are pro-inflammatory. They set off inflammatory reactions throughout the body. There's a whole lot of reasons not to keep your blood fatty hour after hour, and yet that's become our national sport.
Right. And does that take a toll on the liver, the kidneys? Oh, absolutely. Like oh, this fat piles up. And as you mentioned, it's one of the main causes of so-called fatty liver disease, uh, which uh, sets people up for diabetes and all sorts of other problems, as well as um, uh, chemical hepatitis and a, uh, an eventual liver failure. You want to keep your, your, your liver inflamed constantly. You need it to live. That's why they call it a liver. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Um, so, you know, everything makes a difference. And this fat interferes uh, with our insulin function, and it moves you down towards diabetes, keeping your blood fatty all day. It's just not the natural state for us. What's, what's just amazing to me is that we now, and we had a whole interview about it, we have the paleo and the keto camps mm. that almost want or are telling people to keep their their bodies, their blood in this, this oh, fatty state. Oh, it's eye-watering yeah. uh, to hear them spout that nonsense, uh, that this is in any way a good thing to do for your, for your body. We can you know, go touch on that if you'd like. We, we well, discussed it before. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it, it's an outrageous thing. That's not who we are. We are not fat-eating apes. That's yeah. not who we are. One of the things that you uh, discuss in this lecture is... It's called the blind man and the elephant, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a uh, it's a look at kind of modern medicine today, yeah, and 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 how it has become so specified mm -hmm. that they can't see the forest through the trees. Oh, for sure. Can you yeah. touch upon that? Right. Well, the Western diet, uh, based on the meats and the dairy and the oils and sugars and all this toxic. Uh, uh, mixture that we pour through our tissues hour after hour uh, causes changes in, in just about every organ system, uh, whether it's a heart, lung, kidneys, immune system, hormones, uh, that kind of diet, again, it's the wrong fuel, and, and it causes uh, uh, dysfunction that bubbles up through all the organ systems. And depending on your genetics, uh, one organ system will complain first, and that's going to determine which specialist office you find yourself in. Um, but the reality is because, again, Western medicine has this egregious blind spot about realizing what our patients are eating is why they're having these problems. Um, the individual spe uh, specialists get cloistered in their, in their little cubicle, and the internist sees the high blood pressure, and the cardiologist sees the clogged arteries, and the endocrinologist sees the diabetes, and the rheumatologist sees the sore joints, the dermatologist sees the psoriasis, the gastroenterologist sees the, uh, the colitis and the Crohn's disease, the general surgeon sees the diverticulitis. And they won't realize they're all looking at the same disease. <laughs> it's what their patients are eating. And yet, because they don't want to open that box, they oh, etiology unknown. We don't know what causes these, but the researchers are trying to figure it out. We'll let you know. And it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for my profession. Uh, you know, we can, we can identify a genetic mismatch on gene A21 on chromosome 14. Boy, we can home in on that with precision. <laughs> yeah. But the thought that cheeseburgers and pepperoni pizzas might be clogging up our patients' arteries, this is too abstruse a concept for my colleagues to grasp. It's embarrassing for scientists. It's amazing to me that they can't see that. It's almost like, you know, the, the emperor is not wearing clothes. Oh, and yeah, can, so can you not, can you not see it? I can't see that, exactly. But, uh, in, you know, it's no defense, but the reality is that uh, in medical school, we're not taught about nutrition. They don't have any uh, knowledge of it. They don't have respect for it. It's a sissy science. It's not yeah. real medicine. 
And the fact that they're eating it themselves. They're eating their own yeah. burgers and pizzas. They're not going to tell their patients not to eat this stuff. But then you wind up with a sick physician with a big pot belly and a, and a pocket full of lisinopril and metformin. Yeah. It's, that's a tragedy. So um, it's, uh, we, it's time to wake up our profession. Yeah. And the irony is... It's the most powerful medicine it's that exists the most powerful. on the planet. Absolutely. If there was a pill that did what a whole food plant-based diet does, I've been doing this plant-based medicine for 30 years. What I have seen, yeah. the responses, and quickly, you get people on this wonderful whole food, not processed junk, but whole soups and salads and greens and veggies, and within days... The obesity starts to melt away. The arteries open up. The high blood pressure comes down. The joints stop hurting. The skin clears up. The bowels start functioning. The, the, the angina goes away. The, these remarkable changes happen. As I said, if there was a pill that did that, we'd be trillionaires. But again, it's the food. It's the food. It's the food. Mm-hmm. And, and to not be able to share this with our patients is really unethical. How can we withhold this uh, information from our patients any longer? And that's what I tell all these uh, the medical students i put a, a slide up with all these diseases diabetes high blood pressure yeah. and i said these are all reversible diseases you want to heal these patients or don't you why did you go into medicine yeah if you, you want to heal them then, then get real about what they're eating and because if you just give them a prescription for statins and metformin and say come back in three months uh, you you haven't helped these patients you're enabling their diseases you want to you want to help them then send them to the plant-based dietitian down the hall let her take them shopping show them what to eat and uh, have them back come back in a month and see how they're doing that's how medicine should be practiced we can no longer ignore the importance of our patient's diet it's time to have this nutritional awakening and you've been hitting the road talking to medical schools how long you've been doing that indeed for the last year and a half we've established a nonprofit organization called moving medicine forward and um, and I've been going to the medical schools giving the students the lecture I wish someone had given me 50 years ago that I tell them listen you're not going to be seeing leprosy and smallpox like you've been reading in your pathology book it's clogged arteries and diabetes from what your patients are eating and we need to start with with that get get real about that and if people would like to uh, learn about our work and uh, support us, uh, go to my website, drclapper.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R.com, and click on Moving Medicine Forward, and you will uh, be taken to the page that describes not only the program, yeah. and yes, you have a little uh, box to, uh, to help uh, us uh, pay for plane tickets. You want to uh, yeah. donate a little bit. But the most important box to click is the one at the bottom that says, if you know a medical student at a medical school or you know a professor or somebody on the staff of a medical school who'd be interested in having Dr. Clapper come and talk to the students, click here, give us their information. We will contact them. And that's how I organized these lecture tours. I go right to the students. We do, we do an end run around wow. the administration. Because the administration probably Oh, they wouldn't. don't want to hear this. But uh, but the students in every... And how, how, how has the message been received? Oh, they're, they're delighted because, you know, they have less social media. And now, <laughs> because of our modern age, in every second, third, and fourth year medical school class, there's now 20, 30 students who've seen forks over knives. They've seen what the health... And they've seen game changers. A little bit you've seen game changers. Yeah. And the light's on. 
they, they get it. They, they understand the importance of this. And they're the ones who uh, reserve the lecture hall. They put up the notices. They send the e-blasts out. The, the, they uh, orchestrate the event that, that I come and speak to, either noontime rounds at the, at the hospital or the school, or we do an evening presentation where the public is invited as well. Uh, so we go right to the students, and they are very open to this message. They, they know, yeah. and it's, it's time to recognize that. Yeah, fantastic. I got done going for a seven-mile run with my wonderful dog, Jade. And afterwards, we were relaxing on the grass. We were kind of chit-chatting. And I asked her, I said, Jade, how, how are you liking your new Wild Earth dog food? And she said, you know, Dad, uh, I'm loving it. I, I love the flavor. I love how it makes me feel. I love that it has all 10 of the essential amino acids that I need as a dog. I love the fact that I'm not eating other animals. And then lastly, I love the fact that I'm eating plant strong like the whole Esselstyn family. So if you want your dog to feel the same way, feel free to go to wildearth.com or Amazon and use the code PLANTSTRONG for 40% off your first order. What, in your opinion, right. is the 21st century scourge? Oh, without question, it's the tsunami of obesity that has swept through our society. I've been a physician for 47 years, and when I went to when I started in the in the late in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. There were obese people, but nothing like what you see today and everywhere. And it's embarrassing. The nurses in the hospital are obese. The doctors are obese. The airline pilots are obese. It's, it's, it's stunning uh, to see what's happened. The professional, the oh. professional football players and are the professional, obese. Uh, the, uh, the firefighters are the obese. The firefighters <laughs> are obese. Yeah. And instead of getting alarmed about this, they, we've just accepted, well, that's who we are now. We're Americans. We're fat. you got a problem with that. That's your problem. But, it's, but we can't afford to be cavalier. Obesity is a state of inflammation. That fat is metabolically active. The fat under the skin puts out estrogens that give women breast lumps, that gives guys prostate cancers. Uh, the fat in the abdomen puts out inflammatory molecules that fan the inflammatory fires throughout the body. Obesity is a state of inflammation mm. and disease. It should not be accepted. And again, the beauty of... I, I think if I could just stop sure, you for a second, yeah. because I think that's something that I, I want people to hear. Yeah. That the obesity, uh -huh. it's a state of inflammation. Absolutely. In the body. And, and, and inflammation is what uh, exactly? Is, oh, um, it's the body's response to uh, a chemical insult uh, that, as we're learning more about it, is, is the root process at, at the heart of so many conditions, whether it's clogged arteries or migraine headaches, depression, colitis, all these diseases, the big eye, there's, there's an element of inflammation. down When you really put the tissues under the microscope, you see those white blood cells, you can measure the inflammatory molecules. Uh, inflammation is driving uh, so many of these diseases, and obesity drives inflammation. Mm. Not the only cause of it, but it's a major your cause and enough to make obese people not be complacent it's time to get on with it and the beauty is this food you can eat all you want and you and yeah. the obesity melts away that's the lovely part of it yeah and then the, the obesity also 
increases your chances for all these other chronic oh, Western yeah. diseases. Oh, right? absolutely. Major cancer, yeah, heart absolutely. disease, diabetes. Absolutely. All of those bigger disease, goes. they all get worse with, with obesity. Yeah. So you talk about how there's four foods mm-hmm. that are keeping us obese, right. yep. heavy, overweight. Yes. Um, I'd love for you just to talk today right. about dairy. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, and what, what is, mm-hmm. what is it? What are the things that are so wrong right. with dairy products? Oh, absolutely. Cause you have a way with words with dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on a dairy farm, on Michael's dairy farm. I know whence that white liquid comes from. Uh, just to, so we don't leave your, uh, uh, your listeners in the lurch here. Um, the, uh, the other three foods that if, yes, if people yes. are, are trying to eat a plant-based diet, they just can't lose that weight. I know it's because they're eating four, one or more four foods. Uh, they're eating oils in some form. They're eating um, flour products in some form. Uh, they're eating meat in, in some form, animal fat. And they're eating dairy products, which is baby calf growth fluid. It, it's, its sole purpose, really, is to turn a 65-pound calf into a 700-pound cow yeah. as rapidly as possible. And everything in that liquid, the hormones, the lipids, the sodium, the protein, the IGF, it's all there to blow that calf up into a great big cow. And so people have to stop kidding themselves um, about what this stuff is, and they can't be shocked when, they're, uh, when their face gets full and their neck turns into a big bull neck and they get a more bovine appearance. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but seriously, I can identify yeah. the dairy eaters when they walk in my office. They've got that, that bloated look about them. Um, and now um, the cows are all pregnant. Uh, on my uncle's farm, when a cow uh, was fertile, um, we would uh, impregnate. We'd call a guy from Badger Breeders. He'd come out and uh, impregnate the cow. A very painful, uh, invasive process to, for the animal. No animal likes that. Uh, but naturally, um, the cow would stop giving milk. Uh, nature makes uh, pregnant females stop lactating for a good reason. Um, but uh, we milked 49 cows on our my uncle's farm in the 50s. Uh, now, with modern dairy operations, you're milking a thousand cows or more. Uh, and twice a day, and they can't afford to have their best milkers go offline for months at a time while they're carrying their calf. So now the modern dairy cows have been genetically modified. They've GMO'd the cows, so they will carry um, their next pregnancy even though they are still giving milk. They're giving milk all the way through their pregnancy. Mm. Uh, And when any female mammal, women included, are pregnant, their body is coursing with estrogens. Uh, and you can see a pregnant woman, she has this lovely glow about her and thick hair and all that. Uh, and that's very nice while you're pregnant. But meanwhile, the estrogens penetrate every organ in the body, every tissue, and it gets into the milk. And the milk of a pregnant cow is loaded with estrogens. Uh, and nobody's paying much attention to this, but we're looking at our little girls going through puberty at age eight and nine and 10. These are active mammalian estrogens. These are not the puny little phytoestrogens in soy. The, this is estradiol, estriol, pregnant diol. These are official mammalian estrogens. Um, and the more dairy a boy eats, the higher his risk for prostate cancer when he, when he becomes a man. The uh, protein in cow's milk uh, makes people break out with acne. Uh, if a woman's got a little breast cancer, if she's consuming baby calf growth fluid, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Those breast cancers grow faster. Uh, on every level, the, this is not the right food for us. And uh, and yet we, we're so attached to that ice cream and that cheese that, oh, we can't think of giving that up. But 
You know, they wouldn't. You wouldn't uh, eat cheese made from the milk of a of a giraffe. Yeah, uh, you, yeah. you wouldn't. Be, you know, to, to put sheep milk on your on your cereal. Well, you know, we've got this bizarre fixation about the bovine milk, and it's really an unnatural uh, product. Now it's full of not only estrogens. But the, all the pesticides and herbicides on the grains that these animals are fed winds up in the in the milk. Um, the uh, <clears throat> there's a, uh, cows get leukemia; they get bovine leukemia, and and the bovine leukemia viruses wind up in the milk. It's scary. It's not clean stuff. And it's scary stuff all the way around. It's time to see we're not baby calves. Yeah, I think I've heard that the 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 lactating cow. It, the estrogen levels go up a 33-fold oh, than yes. what it normally is. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's probably the number one, is it the number one source where Americans get their, oh, oh, their, absolutely. their, their estrogens yeah. from? Absolutely. And yeah. it's, it's unnatural, just for the sake of the, of the money. Um, going to the biology, uh, nature knows. She's a, she's a smart biologist. Um, if, you, uh, if a mother fox or mother mink uh, has just had a litter of eight kits, and four of them are males, um, you, you don't want to be nursing them a milk full of estrogens. Uh, the, the, the male kids are not going to develop normally. So nature turns off lactation. If she gets pregnant again, uh, she stops lactating. Uh, so she doesn't want all that estrogens right. in the milk. That's the way it's supposed to work. And so modern dairying violates that. And as a result, the milk comes out laden with these powerful estrogens. And, uh, and we're... And, yeah, we're stunned at all the hysterectomies we do for fibroids and all the breast biopsies we do. Why, why does this happen? Get your mammograms, ladies. But nobody's asking why all these women sprouting out these lumps. That maybe has something to do with that milk and cheese and ice cream yeah. and yogurt full of estrogens that they're eating. Yeah, yeah. What about our bones? Is that is that helping our bones oh, at all, my, that dairy? It's really not. You know, again, the dairy industry has been expert. They've been artistic in, in implanting these associations in our head. Milk, uh, strong bones equals cow's milk. Milk is white. Bones are white. Calcium's white. Got to have that milk from make strong bones. And we all grew up believing that. But the science doesn't support that. When you look around the world, uh, the countries that consume the most dairy products uh, have the highest rate of hip fractures and the highest rate of osteoporosis. And uh, from a scientific point of view, it's magical thinking that, that, that as your bones are dissolving, that the milk of a cow is going to somehow magically make your bones reconstruct themselves. Cal osteoporosis is not a calcium deficiency. Right. It's not what the disease is. The, the bones are dissolving because we're not using them. It's just use atrophy of the bones. We, we become sedentary. And if you don't use your muscles, they atrophy. They turn into guacamole. Well, you don't use your bones, and they turn into styrofoam. They, the bone density leaves, and uh, that's the real disease. And And... Uh, if you have osteoporosis, mm -hmm. is it too late, or can you bring bring those bones oh, back absolutely. and make them healthy? Uh, the important thing again: start using your bones. The uh, the cells that create new bone, the osteoblast, they're still in your bones. They're just waiting for you, just like your muscle tissues are, or your muscle cells are waiting for you. <laughs> Use right. us, please, and we'll respond. Well, the the bone cells want you to just start using us. We, you know, we used to be physically active creatures. We used to spend in, in the 1800s, 1900s. Um, I don't know. We lived on farms and. And even the women spent all day out in the garden using heavy tools, carrying buckets of soil, baskets of vegetables. The guys were out gathering firewood and, and thatching the house roofs. And we were physical creatures, and osteoporosis wasn't an issue. 
But now we sit. We sit when we eat. We sit when we travel. We sit when we work. We, we sit when we watch TV. We sit at the computer. We sit, sit, sit. And our bones are dissolving. And we need to start using them to build them up. And to think that drinking the milk of a cow is going to somehow magically restore this very complex tissue uh, called your, your bone matrix, that, that's silly thinking. Yeah. It just doesn't work and, like and that. Where do, the, where do the cows get their calcium from? Exactly. Cows don't drink milk. Where do they get all that calcium? It comes from the green plants they eat. The calcium's in the soil and is yeah. picked up by the grasses uh, that the cow eats and gets the calcium that way. Well, all greens pick up the calcium from the soil, and that's why we should be eating large quantities of kale and chard and broccoli and, and all these lovely greens for many reasons, but, but you yeah. know, large among them is the calcium content they have. Bravo. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. I want you to end with this. So... You like to tell your patients, mm -hmm. there's only two places I want to see you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what are those two places? Right. The doctor's office? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a time and place for doctor's office, but really, uh, these diseases shouldn't really happen. People, uh, a newborn baby should not grow up and develop clogged arteries. That's not a natural process. They should not do, develop diabetes. They shouldn't develop obesity. These diseases shouldn't uh, naturally occur. They occur from the, from the diet that we force through our tissues. And if you eat a healthy diet, there really shouldn't be a need to be knocking on your doctor's office door every week. Uh, these diseases shouldn't develop. Uh, you know, if you I tell my family, if you fall and break your wrist, or whatever, then you know, go to the urgent care department, get your wrist taken care of. But on a daily basis, yeah, I tell them that I only want to see you in two places. I want to see you on the bike path exercising, and I want to see you in the, in the health food store buying your tempeh uh, for your for your uh, for your spaghetti sauce. So that's about the only place I want to see you. And uh, you know, I give them a wink. But there's a big kernel of truth in there. Really, yeah. you shouldn't have to be so dependent upon your doctor. Uh, take care of your body, and the, most of these diseases. Really shouldn't develop yeah well there you go why every bite matters dr michael clapper michael mm -hmm. again i just want to say how much i love working with you love doing these these programs together what a beautiful soul and spirit and and man you are and um i just feel so fortunate that we've been able to to work together and i look forward to many more years oh it's definitely mutual rip and thank you for all your great work when we first met each other in that uh, car going going to a john robbins event little did i know it was right a wonderful friendship and partnership that we would develop i'm so yeah. grateful for yeah. all the beautiful work that you allow both of us to do thank you peace peace engine two engine two keep it plan strong before we wrap up today i want to talk candidly about how we've made it easier for thousands of people to eat this way with our Plant Strong Meal Planner. We know that making a big change can seem overwhelming and it isn't easy coming up with new menus week over week over week or to get inspired while learning to cook a new way. To help inspire you, we've created a simple and inexpensive solution in our Plant Strong Meal Planner. It's filled with hundreds of recipes and we are adding more all the time and it has the really really savvy ability to customize your menus around your individual preferences your household size and any allergens or dislikes you have pretty darn trick and the meal planner it's staffed seven days a week with the absolutely friendliest engine two coaches who will help you answer any and 
all of your questions. I would invite you to visit mealplanner.plantstrong.com. It's just a buck ninety a week when you sign up for a year, and you can save ten dollars off the annual plan with the code PLANTSTRONG. I look forward to hearing what recipes you and your family love. Well, I, I hope that you see in Dr. Michael Clapper what I see in Dr. Clapper, and he he really is a special human being um, across the board. And not many people, they have the ability to tell it like it is better than, than Dr. Clapper. To learn more about his initiatives, including his Moving Medicine Forward program, visit drclapper.com. Now, we want you to get off those butts, as Dr. Clapper said, and the only two places we want you to potentially see your doctor, ideally, are uh, either at the grocery store or uh, out on the, uh, the bike slash running trail. Now, if you didn't know it, Dr. Clapper, he has been a revered member of the uh, Plant Strong retreat team for over five years where he shares his infinite wisdom and his loving, caring spirit with all the guests who attend our, our week-long events. This year, he's also, for the first time, one of our keynote speakers at Camp Plantstock, which is our, our weekend extravaganza. Uh, I would encourage you to come to one of our events and meet this man who I love to the moon and back. Visit plantstrong.com slash events and, uh, and register today. Next week, I'm going to be flying out to L.A. to meet with Nina and Randa Nelson. They are identical twins. They are YouTube sensations. And they are also the authors of The Clear Skin Diet and dear family friends of the Esselstyn family going back almost 20 years. If you want to catch the attention of the young people in your family, especially those who are suffering from acne, and you're also trying to lure them to eat more plants, you will definitely not want to miss this blockbuster episode. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. I want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one. If you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit PlantStrongPodcast.com. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Scott Battisill, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Kryle Esselstyn for creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better for it. I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres, is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. 
And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiber Fueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there.